Welcome to another episode of BHP Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. Today I'm speaking with author Anne Chayapetta. Anne is a wonderful author, and she often refers to her love of words as a natural compensation after losing her vision in 1993. She's written several books. She's here today to share her books with us and share her journey and her story about being an author. I'm truly excited for you to meet her. Please welcome to the book club, our newest member, author Anne Chayapetta. And thank you so much for being a part of the book club and coming on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Great. It's great to be here. I'm so glad to uh, speak with you and talk to you about your journey as an author. And, you know, I know you've got a couple of published books out there. And so before we get into the new book, let's talk about how you even started on this journey to become an author. So did you always know that you wanted to be a writer or did you just kind of stumble upon it? it it's uh, interesting, Every, you know, those quest, that question is asked, you know, often to all kinds of writers and I've heard all kinds of answers. But when I was a little kid, I loved stories and I would make them up in my head or I would sing them or so it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, eventually one day I thought to myself, well, Know, hey I could do this too and uh, so it was always something I think that always resonated with me as a person as a creative person and it, it just built upon itself uh, sometimes because of things that I was going through in my life that were difficult sometimes because I was joyful you know so it was always attached to me in, in a very emotional uh, feelings kind of way so yeah so what is your what is your genre what would you what would you say is your favorite genre to write oh boy uh well i i i i'm i'm first and foremost a poet of the heart i truly believe that poetry transcends a lot of the things that traditional pose prose uh you know is constricted you know it has you know restrictions uh, poetry does not have those restrictions, and I love poetry because of that. But I also love, you know, being in, you know, totally taken away by a story, and having a story stay with me, you know, for days or weeks or months or years. And that's the kind of story I hope I can write one day. Um, hopefully, I've written some of those already. <laughs> but whether it's whether it's romance or uh, science fiction or paranormal or I haven't really found my niche yet I'm still exploring that yeah I think it's nice if you uh haven't put yourself in a box yet because now you can explore all genres and that's the beauty of being a writer you don't ever have to put yourself in a box you can always write something different all the time so talk about your your previous books before we talk about the the new book so tell me about the past books and how many books have you published Anne? i've published four books 
And uh, my first book was poetry. It's called Upwelling, 23 poems. It's a very small volume of poems. Could also be considered a chat book, but it's not. It's just a, a little book. <laughs> I, lo I like to call it my little, my little black book of confessions. You know, it's all about people and emotions and um, how people affect me and how I affect them. It's about my guide dog and um, just, you know, things that I find powerfully um, enhancing in my life. So, um, and then there's, I wrote a memoir called Follow Your Dog, A Story of Love and Trust. It's just a natural progression of my life being blind and finding my way around the world with a visual impairment and then being matched with my guide dogs and how much it enhanced my life. Um, that's a very, really important book for me because it kind of got me out of the blindness closet, as they say. <laughs> so, um, and then we have uh, Words of Life, Poems and Essays, which is just what it says. It's poems and essays, nonfiction essays and poetry. It's 43 pieces and uh, takes you takes the reader all over the place, from nature to to loss, to joy, you know, uh, everywhere. I love, you know, I think it's a, a complete uh, circle for me in terms of what I put in that book from beginning to end in terms of what I wrote and, and how much I love the written word. And then there's a string of stories from the heart to the future. That's my most recent book and it's uh, all short stories. And the short stories range from general fiction to paranormal to science fiction. Um, uh, there's a soft horror story in there. There's, uh, you know, there's something for everyone. And interestingly enough, I have two blind protagonists in there um, in two different stories. And I think that's also um, something that I, I really want to strive to do more in the future is have uh, protagonists with disabilities uh, be in my stories. Nice. And so talk about the the new book, Hope for the Tarnished. That's more of a novel? Yes, it is my first novel. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's, uh, it's a coming of age story. Uh, it takes place between the 1970s and 1980s. So it's pre-smartphone um, era stuff. Uh, I was a little bit nervous about that because I had heard uh, from, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the writing world that writing about, you know, things that aren't in the modern era, you know, will be frowned upon and not well received. And I said, well, I'm independently published anyway, so I'm gonna take a chance on it. It's where my heart wanted to be, is where I wanted it to be historically for me to make it relevant. Uh, so I did it. So hopefully, it will, it will be well received. Uh, we're still working on the final manuscript, but uh, you know all those little details are being finalized. Uh, I think I've chosen the cover and all the, you know, the little things like the back matter and the front matter. And it's actually also going to be in a hardcover, so it's be my first hardcover release as well. So Hope for the Tarnished is your first novel, Coming of Age. What, what can you tell us about the story? Story is about, starts out with uh, young Abby Raymond, and she's the youngest of three girls growing up um, 
somewhere on the East Coast. Uh, it's fictional, but it's based on where I grew up in the Maranek, New York. Uh, her it takes it, it takes it takes you from her time she's around 11 years old. Her parents just got divorced, and it plops you right down in that point of where she's moving from her house to this not so nice apartment with her mom, and her whole life changes from there. So it's a whole pivotal event from the very beginning, and it it goes it goes from there. So it takes you uh, from Abby as uh, you know she's struggling with being you know. Um, being taken from one one place she knows to a completely different place, and then a whole bunch of traumatic events happen, and in between those traumatic events are events of you know normalcy and uh, and joy, and and then once she feels like she gets her feet back on the ground and she's feeling good about life, something else happens. So it's uh, it's a roller coaster novel, I think, and uh, in the end it it kind of wraps itself up and gives gives a satisfying ending but um yeah i'm hoping it keeps everybody interested and keeps people reading is and it a standalone i think so yeah any plans to maybe write any other novels that would be like a trilogy i i hear a lot that that is the way to go i guess you know write a write a trilogy or a sequel do you see do you see like do you have a story in mind that you think you could do that with Anne? not that story no i think that's i think abby's story kind of wraps itself up um but I, I definitely have thought about actually doing a serialized story. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk talk about Kindle, you know, the serialization mm -hmm. uh, thing with Kindle, and uh, so I think I could, I could probably handle that. <laughs> I think it would, um, it would give me enough time in between pieces to to really uh, set a story arch and and really get it going. Um, and I think that may be where I'm going next. So, so are, are you, are besides, I know that this Hope hope for the Tarnished is the latest and you said you're still working on the details, but are you, are you thinking of your next project? Actually, I've, there's a couple of things I've been wanting to do. And there's a nonfiction book project that I've been wanting to follow up with after uh, my memoir, Follow Your Dog, there's still a lot more about this uh, human and canine partnership and bond that I want to write about. And I think that's where I'm going to be going next. My next book is going to go back to where I I feel my, my prose is strongest, which is nonfiction. And I'm hopefully going to be uh, able to, within the next few years, produce that book. So, um, and I'm hoping that book will be about um, the human-canine bond, um, how important it is, how important it has become, you know, in the last, I would say, 20 years, uh, and how it's expanded, especially the service dog industry itself, uh, and, and how this, how service dogs and emotional support animals help us in our lives. It's really important. I've done a lot of work with my own dog, you know, just, you know, he's a, he's a guide dog, but he's also 
Um, he's my, my canine companion, and I've worked as a uh, one of my former dogs. I worked with her as a therapy dog, and that was wow. I have a lot of stories about that. Just, just, um, just dealing with her and how we dealt with the public and and having children and, and people interact with her. It's, it's very heartwarming. But then there's also other programs out there, um, healing through horses and um, large animals, and then um, you know therapy work in hospitals and hospice. And I think those stories should be told. And I think I might be able to tell them. Do you think that you would take like a collection of stories and put them in a book? Yeah. Uh, I definitely think that would be a good. Well, I definitely want a book. I want I want to have a collection of stories, and not not necessarily my stories. I would like to, you know, um, to be able to explore stories from other people, uh, you know, in, in third person. If I could get those people to tell me their stories in the book, you know, as I transcribe them, that would be great. If not, if I had to you know, do it as a, in a journalistic way, I would do that as well. I'm not really sure which way it's going to go yet. Um, but uh, uh, I did a lot of work with post-traumatic stress and veterans in uh, equine therapy. And I witnessed some things that were just remarkable, what I would call miracles of recovery because of a horse because of a, an interaction with an animal. And I wanna to try to bring that out at some level um, into the book uh, and, 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 and not just keep it you know, a secret. Uh, people need to know they can get healing from alternative things. And uh, animals is one of those big healing processes that I don't think people really understand. I would agree. It sounds like it would be an absolutely wonderful book um, as you put it together. I myself do not know much about um, therapy animals like guide dogs, but I do know what I do know is that it takes a lot to train them and it takes a lot of work goes into just one dog, right? And so- Um, and I would imagine that you, once you get your dog, you and the dog have to bond and, and learn one another. And there's probably a lot that goes into that. Yeah, there's a lot. And there's, it's some of, it's one of those things that you don't know it till you know it. Um, but then there's also so many hands involved in that one animal. Not just, it's not just you. It's, it's, uh, that animal has a history of support and it takes a village to really, prepare that animal to be become a support in your life and there's got to be a way that that can be uh written about in and uh in an understandable way so people can be more educated about it uh and that's part of it too is you know there's a stigma around mental illness and ptsd you know and um psychiatric disabilities and i think that approaching it from an angle where people can understand how an animal would help with that, would help people understand other people better. It's, it's what, it's one of those, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, the word is not, uh, um, 
a connection, a, a, um, a conduit. The animal's a conduit of understanding. And uh, I, think I would really like to try to bring that out somehow through, uh, through some, through some very powerful storytelling. Yeah, I can't wait for you to to uh, produce it, you know, to come up with this book because it sounds wonderful. I think a lot of people don't think about it, but I do think it would definitely um, increase awareness. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. I, I had a question. So, sure. you know, and you've been, you know, you've got four books published and you've got the one getting ready to come out, number five and you're an independent author. So how do you market and promote your books? That seems to be where a lot of independent authors get stuck. So I always like to ask, like, what what do you do? How do you promote your book? Wow, that's a really, it's a great question. And it's got so many levels to it. Um, so the, the I wish I could produce more marketing for my book. I'm only one person and I can only do so much in any one given day. And that's that's the first, I guess, uh, uh, limitation of marketing yourself. And if, when you're an independent author, it's great. You have full control over everything and you have to also be a marketing expert. They can tell you that when you first start. <laughs> Yeah. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so you're like, I have to do what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've learned through trial and error. I, I've, you know, there are going to be things that are going to, that are going to make you uncomfortable in marketing. Um, in, in my prime example is, you know, I'm not the vacuum cleaner guy. It's going to knock on your door and say, hey, can you, can you, can you buy my book, please? You know, there's some encyclopedias I really want you to buy some so I can feed my kids. I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel pressured into having that desperation, you know, but that's kind of how it feels sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you got to acknowledge that, <laughs> I guess, number one, when you're an independent author. And number two is, is, is know who your tribe is, know who your supporters are. They're not always going to be your family members. They're not always going to be your friends. They're probably going to be somebody you've never met before. Um, and but how to tap into that, and how to how to keep that positive spirit going, even though you know when, at those times when you know you, you know it's been a month and you have had no book sales at all. I mean, those are the doldrums of of the the craft. There's going to be times where you're going to feel like that starving artist, uh, you know. So all those things together, you, you need to balance them out. I mean, we have we have technology at our fingertips. So we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have all those wonderful things. I have a blog. I find that my blog and I also have a, a, a newsletter. I find those two things I feel the most um, uh, fulfilling for me in my marketing efforts. So if I can get four blog posts out a month about me and my writing or about what I'm doing, and I can get a monthly newsletter out with links to my podcasts, to my releases, to my um, my other blog posts or reviews that I do, anything that I do in terms of my writing. If I can do those two things and do them consistently, then 
I feel successful. Anything else that comes after that is just like icing on the cake. But, you know, you have to set realistic goals. And those are my realistic goals. I have a newsletter, I have my blog, and sometimes I use Facebook and Twitter and push things out. But that's that's really all I can do personally. Unless, because if I try to do more than that, it takes away from my writing time, it takes away from my creative edge. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that. So, um, well, and it can be incredibly time consuming. Yes. Right. It can be, mm -hmm. it can be time consuming and marketing can be incredibly expensive as well. It can get expensive depending on, you know, what, what you deem as a success, right? What, what you think is working, but I like the idea of, you know, your newsletter, and your blog because those are people that are interested in you as a writer and what you're doing mm -hmm. and you know that that's kind of your your audience and then you kind of work on growing your audience and that's that's another thing i like to ask authors when you're out marketing your book who's your audience you know because a lot of yeah. people just kind of shotgun stuff out there and see what sticks but who who do you think is the audience for for your book is another question to ask yourself as you're marketing your book um, yes and it's, and it's going to differ because if you do a poetry book and then you do a memoir and then you go back and then you do a novel you may not have the same audience yeah yeah so i've, I've come up against that myself as well <laughs> yeah so you got to really kind of figure out like who who is your audience as you're promoting and marketing marketing your book you know that's that's just and i think marketing when you're an independent author is just it's just something that's always going to kind of be challenging because you're right you're just one person and even if you go get help it can get like i said it can get expensive yeah i'm i'm, I'm you know what i like i like i like um blog tours and i've done a couple of blog tours with my books and i've got pretty pretty you know success i mean i've gotten a couple hundred sales from one blog tour that cost me like 80 bucks so i think that was worth it i mean yeah. you know i'm being realistic here you know i'm not going to be in a, on the bestseller list and my books probably aren't going to be like you know on number one amazon i would love that to happen but um i'm, I'm here to make a difference one one reader at a time so if i can spend even you know 80 or 100 dollars on a blog tour and my tour goes out through say 15 or 20 blogs over a two-week period and i get a couple of hundred people buying my books that's that's ka-ching that's success that is success you know? yeah what is so, a blog tour i've never heard of that what's a blog tour so you have somebody who uh depending on your genre will take your book and they will uh they will market your book on all these other blogs that have the same genre interest. So if you have a mystery book, this person will go and will do all of the research on all these mystery book blogs and ask these people if they'll host your your book release and uh, your only other um, responsibility is to um, to give money, usually, what like let's say it's a hundred dollars to do a book tour, and you're going to have your book posted on 
15 different blogs over a 10 day period of time, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the person that's running the book tour will give you an itinerary, tell you to drop in on each of those blogs and say, thank you, hello, it's me, you know, let me know if you have any questions. Um, and then at the end, you auction off two, either one or two gift cards between 25 and $35 to like Amazon, or you'll give a couple of free book codes away or whatever. So you give some incentive along with the book tour that gets people to read your release and maybe even pass it on to other people and possibly even get some sales out of it. So ah, it's a like good that. way. Yeah. I like that. It, yeah. It works every time. I'm telling you. And it's not, and it's not very expensive. I've just never heard of it no. before. So mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I, if, you know, I think that's a different way. That's a new way. At least for me, it's new. I've never heard of it. So, you know, maybe somebody out there will try it. It seems to be working for you and it doesn't seem to be that expensive. No, it's not. You just have to make sure you have the right people to push your genre out. And that's, I mean, if you go to, you know, if you go to Google and you search for um, book blog tour slash mystery, you will find a whole bunch of different people willing to do it. Um, I used Goddess Fish uh, a few times and I find that they were responsive. They did their due diligence and um, they were good, but they don't handle all genres. So you have to be careful, you know, about um, picking the right people for the book that you want to market. Fantastic. But it's a good low cost idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that mark like I said, marketing, marketing can be challenging. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your books and your journey and your story and, and your and your marketing tip. I love it. <laughs> and you know, I would I really would love for you to come back when you um, get your next project out there. I, I just think it sounds like a wonderful book and I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Oh, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you for listening to another episode of BHP Book Club. I am Kelly Morgan, your host. I just wrapped up with author Anne Chiapetta as we talked about her several books. All of her books are available on her website, which is in the podcast description and on Amazon and wherever good books are sold. If you are an author and you are thinking that you maybe want to promote your book on the podcast, I'd love to have you. All you have to do is go to my website, brightheadedpublishing.com, go to the contact section, fill it out. And I'll get in touch with you and we'll make arrangements for you to come on the podcast and promote your book and be a member of the book club. As I always say, there are a bunch of podcasts out there. You could listen to anybody that you want to. So I'm honored that you've chosen to spend your time here with me and the author. I can't thank you enough. Next week, another author, another journey, another story. But until then, keep writing.